if you really put in the time and effort on the front end, your ongoing maintenance of some of these things can be next to nothing. And so, so sometimes we see that, you know, people don't put as much time and effort and energy into it to begin with. And then the ongoing maintenance, it's just not, it's less time than they were spending before, but it's not as little time as they could possibly. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Creating good content takes time, efforts, and investment. But targeting right content from the right target buyer and prospect is even harder. Because how do you know which prospect might care for which piece of content? Also, even if they might care for a specific topic as of today, they might move on from that topic in the future. And this makes engagement marketing super hard. But artificial intelligence is changing that in helping curate content and distributing to the appropriate channels as per the preferences of your readers. In today's episode, our guest Erica Salm-Ranch shares her insights on how AI can be used to improve customer engagements. She also discusses the challenges around the email marketing and how AI can reduce the time in compiling the newsletters in an automated fashion to reduce the cost of marketing. She also shares her insights into the technical underpinnings of the AI technology of her platform and the emerging AI trends and technologies that will change how we interact with our customers. Let me introduce Erica to you. After working in enrollment management, where she focused on strategic recruitment and marketing, Erica managed a team of online marketers at the largest digital marketing company in the Gulf South. There, she supported the web development, SEO, online advertising, and content marketing teams in executing strategies which elevated organizations to stand out and be seen amongst the chaos of the online marketplace. Now, as the COO of Rasa.io, she gets to blend her love of digital marketing technology, partnership development, and customer support in order to support the incredible community of Rasa.io clients. With that, let's get to the conversation. Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm super excited as well, just because the kind of background that you bring to the table and the kind of applications that you are bringing from the AI perspective, it's going to be so fascinating for our listeners. Just to kick things off, do you want to start with your personal background and uh, the current focus? Absolutely. I'd love to share. So I've been in marketing in some form or another for my entire career so far. I started out in working uh, in Tulane's admission office, and I started out in strategic recruitment, but eventually evolved to more marketing-centric role because 
I was just so interested in everything that was happening in the world of SEO at that time in the early 2000s and all the advent of so many interesting marketing tools, making, you know, email engagement, email automation so much more accessible to marketers. And so that really drew me in. I then went on to manage a team of marketers at the largest digital marketing agency in the Gulf South. And we did everything online. Yeah, yeah, it was was great. It was the perfect next step for me. We did everything, you know, that a marketer could need for a full suite of online engagement, like web dev and SEO and paid ads. And the one thing we didn't touch was email because it's so hard to do in a really great way and it's scale. And so that's what brought me to Rasa.io, where now we use AI to power email newsletters and give people the content that they want to read. Amazing. So I'm going to be really interested in digging into details, you know, how AI is really fitting into the newsletter world, which could be slightly boring, I guess. You know, the way we think of newsletters. So obviously, I'm pretty sure the way AI exciting is, uh, you know, maybe it is going to make the newsletters exciting. So obviously, we are going to dig into all of that. But before we do that, we have one of the standard questions that we ask every single guest. And that is going to be your perspective on business growth. My perspective on business growth. So the first thing that just popped into my mind when you asked me that was strategic planning and everyone being aligned in a quarterly and annual plan. Um, I guess I'll I'll plug the software that we use. We use an application called Align in order to record all of our strategic priorities. So we meet once a quarter, develop our strategic plan, and then what Align does is it allows every single person on our team to record smart goals, so you know, measurable, actionable within the software, and then everyone can see everyone else's progress to those goals throughout the quarter. We check in on them once a week at least. And so if everyone's so focused on the three top most important things every quarter and the five top most important things every year, I mean, that. That, to me, is the the most important thing you can do to fuel growth. Yeah, could not agree more. And planning is something, if you talk about my audience, which is going to be slightly more traditional manufacturing, and they are not necessarily as good at planning, and they are definitely not you uh, not good at using a tool to be able to do the planning. So maybe there is a lesson there uh, for my listeners to be using some tools um, to basically get into that planning mode. So now that's the day to day, right? It's so easy to just get focused on the minutia of the given day. But when you're working, when it's a little bite sized piece of progress that's made towards your goals every single day, then you can do much bigger things. Be more, could not agree more. So let's go back to your, uh, you know, the AI topic and the newsletters. So do you want to touch a little bit in terms of what was the original problem with the newsletters? And I don't think anybody would like to get a newsletter, uh, you know, in general. But obviously, I'm pretty sure you are doing some interesting things there. So do you want to talk about what was the traditional problem with the newsletters, you know, how and why they were boring and how come AI in the newsletter? That's not making a ton of sense, I guess, right? So you are, you are spot on, right? Like newsletters can be so boring. So there, there, there are actually two problems we set out to solve, right? One, that newsletters are boring and bad information. And two, that they take so long to put together and it's such a tedious task that no one wants to do. 
So we solve both those problems. We're one, using AI to recommend content to each subscriber. So in the same way that your Facebook knows what content to populate on your feed and your Instagram is you know, pushing out the stuff that you want to read, we do that in an email. So we look at a user's behaviors in order to recommend them interesting content within the ecosystem of content that the, that the administrator has defined. So, so in that way, you're sending out interesting, relevant news. You're becoming the authority in your given space. You're providing value to your, to your consumer, to your audience member. And that way, you're top of mind when it's time for them to buy. So we, we work with a lot of industries where there's, there's episodic engagement. So like if you're a car dealer or if you're a realtor, you're only working with someone maybe once every five, 10 years. So how can you stay top of mind and provide value in between those periods of engagement so that when it does come time to buy, your brand is top of mind? So that's one problem we solve. And then the other problem we solve is that we make the whole newsletter process a lot faster and it becomes less of a tedious thing. So that's very interesting. And, uh, you know, when we think of any of the AI applications, in my experience, there is going to be really good AI. And if AI were really good, obviously, we don't have to use as much decision making and thinking. Uh, but for, for the most part, the AI that I have personally seen so far, it typically is not uh, good. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's getting better. And I think it's right. going to be even better, uh, you know, as we spend more time as the algorithms are going to be improved. And the second problem is obviously with the newsletters as well, right? So if I look at the newsletter that I read on a daily basis, none of them really provide the kind of, you know, content I personally need, okay? All of them are going to have a ton of noise, especially if they are going to have uh, a lot of AI underneath. So in your experience, uh, you know, when you look at the, the, the newer AI algorithm application, and I don't know if you're in a position to talk about any specific technical aspects of the AI, how you guys are basically enabling this experience. But I'm pretty sure in your case, the experience is going to be superior, uh, you know, uh, based on the algorithm that you're using. So do you want to talk about the technology overall, how this is working and how the experience is going to be better? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about Rasmus technology. And then first I'll talk about the just overall what our philosophy at Rasta.io is about using AI technology, which is the real magic happens when the AI and the human work together, right? And so it's, we've all heard the story about the crazy chatbots that say horrible things, right? Yeah. Like yeah. If, so, if the inputs are bad, the outputs are going to be bad. And if you're not putting in the work on the front end, then you're not going to get the time savings and the quality that can come out of it. So that's our general philosophy. I'll also um, give a nod to one of our partners called Marketing AI Institute. They do a great job of advocating for really easily, um, easy to incorporate AI tools that are approachable. Um, and, and their whole thing is like, listen, in this day and age, you're not just going to like hand over the keys to the car, to the machine. Well, maybe sometime soon. But, but the idea is that it's not like the AI, the robots are going to do everything for you, right? So they, they say that it's kind of, there's kind of like the sliding scale. They call it the marketer to machine scale where Level zero is all marketer, all human, all the time. It's super manual. Level four might be all machine where you literally don't have to do anything. But most of these tools right now are in a, more like a level two, like half and half, where the system can manage most aspects of a use case, but it still requires 
the marketer's inputs and the marketer's oversight. And that's kind of where Rasa.io lies. And so we actually, we leverage AI in a few ways where when we ingest content from different content sources, we use natural language processing to read it and conceptualize it. And then we take what we know about the content to match it to someone's interest. We also use AI to make the email look nice and to hone in on the focal point of an image. We use AI to place the content, to recommend the subject line. So there are a lot of um, there are a lot of cool ways in which we're making the email experience better and faster. And it's not, um, but it's also like easy to understand and it's approachable. So really interesting approach, uh, and I especially like the human element there. And I think the human element is always going to be really important for most of the AI applications that input is going to be super important and relevant. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you are going to completely automate, I don't know how that AI is going to be in a lot of different industries. They are trying to completely automate where there is literally zero uh, manual input, but the algorithm as it is learning, uh, it is probably going to require a lot of different uh, human inputs at least at the beginning. So do you want to talk about, you know, where exactly uh, in your process do you uh, incorporate the human input? Is that going to be really in that matching process? So I, my understanding is going to be when you are trying to conceptualize uh, the content that is going to be done by your machine language, uh, you know, that yeah. is not going to be really the human. Uh, they are going to be doing that. And then you are collecting the inputs from the user. Uh, they are probably going to have some sort of interest and then you are trying to match. So is the matching process uh, human-centric? Do you want to touch a little bit more on the human aspect of that as well? Absolutely, yeah. So depending kind of on what sort of agreement you enter into with Brasa.io, yeah. you can try out like the very core functionality you know, directly from our website. We have more of like a self-service model. Um, but we also, we have a lot of enterprise clients. And so we work with those folks to identify what are the content sources that produce interesting information that would be compelling to your audience, newsworthy to your audience. And then we work with them to feed that content into Rasa.io's engine. Sometimes we're filtering it down. So they might say, well, we want Harvard Business Review to come in as a source, but only if it hits on manufacturing, for example. And so then an article will come in, it's conceptually, it's related to manufacturing. And so we get this, we develop this really rich pool of content, but we look to our clients to help us do that. I mean, we're not, we're not just going to send the AI out to the world of the internet and say, bring in the right content for whoever. We want to make sure that there's some guardrails up because you want your brand to be able to stand behind the news that you're sharing. So, so we work with people to formulate that content pool. And then within that content pool, that's where the algorithm matches content to, to users. Okay, very interesting. So I don't know if you're going to have any sort of stories that you might be able to share of your customers in terms of where yeah. and how they may have used this application. So maybe talk about in detail, you know, what was the application? What was the, what was the problem that they were trying to solve? Obviously, when we talk about newsletters, it could be it could have many different applications. Sometimes internal, sometimes external. So, yeah. talk about uh, you know what was the specific use case, what was the problem, and then uh, you know what uh, you guys have done. That is a great question. I think one of my favorite favorite use cases, and I, I shouldn't say my favorite clients. I shouldn't have favorites, but we love working with the American Marketing Association. They came to us about three years ago, and they only put out a newsletter once 
a week, maybe once every two weeks. It was their own content. They, it was a, it was painstaking to put it together, not only to write all the content, but to, you know, produce the actual email. Didn't get a ton of great engagement. Um, it wasn't, you know, frequent enough for people to be the source, the important source of marketing information for their members and prospective members. So they came to us and we, I mean, there's so much good content out there in the marketing world. We identified hundreds of sources that could qualify for percent for their for their for their folks. I mean, if you think about it, all marketers are different, right? They're the graphic designers and the video people and the SEO people and the branding people and the advertising people. And so we're pulling in everything. We pull in everything from all of these great marketing sources throughout the web. It comes into rasa.io and then it the my AMA daily, if you go online and subscribe to it, it will learn your preferences. It will figure out what kind of marketer you are and then start to send you the most relevant marketing information compiled from all of these sources throughout the internet. And it's timely, it's engaging, and it's all it's branded by the American Marketing Association. So even though they're sharing some external content, they get to be the ultimate daily source of the latest in the marketing world for their members and their prospective members. They also get to make sure that everyone sees their internally produced content. So they kind of override the AI to make sure that everyone sees their blog. And then they, they have people that pay a lot of money to be represented in that newsletter. And so it's brought in a ton of revenue for them as well. Very interesting. So obviously, for the associations, of, uh, they have very different business model. And I think they are going to have slightly more tightly knit community. And people are probably going to care for the content that they are going to be sending. Because most of the businesses, they get a lot of business with communities. So they are going to be part of one of the tribes. And they are going to care uh, about whatever content they are going to send. But other than associations, do you see applications uh, of let's say the newsletter or AI driven newsletters. This is probably going to be a new concept for let's yeah. say if I have a manufacturer, distributor, retailer, and they are either trying to engage with their customers or partners. Uh, do you see any applications there? Do you think that they are probably going to get similar results as uh, in the case of association? Yeah, I think ever everyone needs a newsletter, right? You if you are not engaging with your customers in a regular way and sharing relevant information with them, they're going to forget you. We work with um, we work with a client who they were talking about how they could have the best experience with a customer ever, but then when it comes time to buy a couple weeks later, or let's call it a couple years later, they're not going to be top of mind. People forget about you, if, yep. even if they had a yep. great experience with you, they forget about you. So a newsletter provides a good way to stay in touch with people. And if you've ever read the book, it's either Ninja Sales or Ninja Selling. It's a great way to stay in someone's flow. Like yeah, stay yeah, yeah. in mind with, with your customers because people are going to start to notice if every time you contact them, they're asking you to buy something. You need to provide value in the end and not just ask for a transaction. Agree more. And, uh, you know, staying uh, on top of the mind is definitely very relevant. And by the way, I'm actually going to check that, that book. I don't think I have read that. So thank you so much for the recommendation there. But, you know, on your comment about overall engagement, right? So I have this, my personal experience. Let's say I have a lot of community members, as you know, as part of the, and, uh, you know, a lot of people come. 
say. Yeah, so we we actually, you know, we get a lot of members in the community. They all want to network. They all want to hang out with us. But typically what happens is, let's say, if they don't show up for three months, four months, then what they are going to do is they are actually going to unsubscribe to our own content when they were so deeply interested in something. And the reason yeah. why they are not interested in, in us anymore is because either they have moved on, they have moved to a different role, or they just don't care for this community any longer. So obviously you yeah. are going to get that. Now that could happen in the case of your customers when you are going to be either association or the manufacturing. I will uh, tell you one more perspective from the email perspective. Email is becoming harder and harder. In the last three, four years, five years, the email has become really hard. And the reason for that is because of the spam filters. Okay, as yeah. you are getting AI oh, yeah. in your newsletter, they are getting AI as well. And they are becoming really smart. Okay, and sometimes that smartness has, is actually firing back. To me, okay, so what is going to happen is even if, let's say, you are going to get a couple of spam, uh, even if they are not, you are not really spamming them. Okay, these are the people who expressed interest in subscribing to a newsletter to begin with, but then it became irrelevant for them. Okay, so now they are hitting uh, or they are marking you as spam, and then you are going to get caught with the spam filter, and then your domain ranking is going to be lower. So email has become really tricky overall. So in yeah. your experience, do you see that as an opportunity? Do you see that as problem? What's your take on that? I think that, oh, that is such a great question. It sounds like you're very savvy to the world of email, which is great because not everyone understands about email security gateways and what they're doing. We, I literally just got off the phone with a client um, about, about email security gateways and how the activity can look unnatural. So we see it as an opportunity because we, we filter out unnatural activity. We identify it. Um, we have an algorithm that identifies when something might be a bot that is clicking on all 20 links in an email. And so, and so deliverability, natural activity has become a focal point for us because not everyone knows how to handle it. And not everyone knows how to educate their clients on the topic. So we see it as an opportunity. I came from prior to Rasa.io, I came from the world of SEO. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm just familiar with Google trying to mess up my plans no matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, like if it's not the search algorithm, it's the email inbox algorithm. And so it's it's one of those things. Unfortunately, you can't always be a step ahead of, but you can be a quick step behind. And and so we're very we're very agile the way we adapt to those algorithms and the gateways. And um, I think the most important thing is just is just educating our clients and being a trustworthy source of information for them. Okay, very interesting. So I really like that SEO layer there, to be honest. Okay, and we are going to dig into a little bit there. And obviously, Google is always going to mess up your plan in respect of whatever. Oh, you're doing. <laughs> okay, so here I love, I love Drive. I love so many Google products. So don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I love Google as well. But obviously, when you are trying to score on them, they are super smart and super sharp. Um, and yeah. obviously, they are getting a lot of AI as well. And one of the recent comments from the SEO community was that if any content is going to be machine generated, they are probably recognizing that, and they are yeah. not. That content is actually not going to be scoring uh, on SEO. 
So and their again, PAT requirements, their expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. They know how to exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk about uh, you know number one. If the when we are thinking of this whole newsletter experience, I don't know if this is going to have any sort of SEO advantage as well. My understanding of your product is that you can probably embed this on the website and then people can actually subscribe to the newsletter as well. So obviously yeah. there's going to be some SEO juice there uh, that uh, companies can take advantage of. Uh, but when they are doing that, how is going Google going to treat them? Are they going to get uh, really sweet love from Google or <laughs> hammer down? Um, so we... We have updated our links and our link tracking and our templates to be super lean. So we do as much as we can to make that friendly to the inboxes. We also have to your other question about are they going to like what we can do for their website. So yeah, we, we have a dynamic page that evolves based on the top most engaged with content throughout the newsletter that folks can embed on their site. And so in that way, you know, Google likes when you link out to authoritative content. And so that that can help, certainly. Amazing. So let's talk about the AI uh, overall from the technology perspective. I don't know what you feel about AI at this point of time. Are you confident on the AI's capabilities? Are there any technologies or the algorithms that you are going to be really excited about uh, in the next uh, you know, few years? Um, so do you have any perspective of where AI technology is going? So I will not... I'm, I'm good at knowing tools and tips and marketing tech that's really great for your stack that leverages AI to be better and save you time. I am not Eric Schmidt, and I am not going to tell you what the next thing in AI is going to be in the world. But if you're interested in that and you really want to know where AI technology is bringing us is humankind. There, there is a great book that came out, I think it was last year at this point, that's The Age of AI, and that's by Henry Kissinger, Eric Schmidt, and Daniel Huttenlocker, and that's a great read. So if you're someone who just wants to understand AI's role in our world, it's really great. There's also another one called Competing in the Age of AI, and that talks about Amazon and Tencent and all of like, or Ocado, you know, the supermarket chain in the UK. And it talks about how companies are leveraging AI to, you know, take over the world, right? So those two books are great resources for people who just want to understand what our future looks like um, from an AI perspective. Very interesting. So what are some of the top five mistakes that you typically see in, in your customer base uh, when they are either trying to incorporate newsletter uh, or AI technology in their marketing efforts? There's some mistakes. That's such a good question. I I think that going back to something that you and I were talking about earlier, not realizing that it's all about the inputs and the setup and taking time on the front end so that you don't have to put in as much ongoing time. Like our, our best clients are the ones who sift through the content, apply the right filters, figure out which sources are trustworthy and spend a ton of time doing that on the front end. And then they almost don't even touch their newsletters on an ongoing basis. And so they kind of just let it ride. And then they go into rasa.io to get analytics. And what we also produce are concept analytics. So you can see a very high level what topics your audience is most engaged with. And then you can use that information to plan your own blog and your own conference strategy and your own 
in your webinars and whatever else you're doing from a content creation perspective. So if you really put in the time and effort on the front end, your ongoing maintenance of some of these things can be next to nothing. And so, so sometimes we see that, you know, people don't put as much time and effort and energy into it to begin with. And then the ongoing maintenance, it's just not, it's less time than they were spending before, but it's not as little time as they could possibly spend. Very interesting. So when you talk about these sources, uh, and sometimes, you know, this is my personal problem, and maybe you have an answer for that. Okay, so obviously, I have my sources, everybody has their own sources, where they go for the news insights, whatever they need to get updated in their industry. So I have my share of sources as well. Okay, so and then you have a bunch of RSS readers that everybody has sort of access to, and they are going to be subscribing to those. But typically, the problem that I run into, and I don't know if your tool can solve that, okay? So the problem that I run into is going to be, if the tool is going to be RSS compliant, then obviously, I can get those insights in my tool. Uh, Let's talk about Feedly or any other uh, tools out there. But when the, uh, let's say, the news source is not going to be RSS compliant, for example, let's say if I want to follow some of the news pages of I don't know, maybe 100 companies. Now, if I want to do that, then I need to go to each of the website and I need to check if there are any news uh, or the commentary there that I need to cover for my community. Uh, so I, that's my real problem that, okay, if the source is not going to be RSS compliant, typically I don't get them right. So uh, is your technology going to be relying on the RSS as well? Or can you get the news from any website out there? That's a great question. So a lot of a lot of stuff comes from RSS feeds, but we have many different content sources that we can plug in. So, for example, if you know if it's a company's, um, if you're trying to get a company's information into your Rasa.io platform and they don't have a feed, they're probably going to be tweeting out their content and tweeting out relevant content. So we can pull in the articles that they tweet out. We can also pull in the articles that they share to LinkedIn or pull in the articles that they share to Facebook. So that's, those are a few ways in which we can pull in content from a site or from a source, even if they don't have a feed. We also have a few tricks up our sleeve. So if there is structured data on a site, even if it doesn't have an RSS feed, we can probably pull it in. And that's usually something that if we wanna get really fancy and you know if it's kind of like a higher level engagement, We'll we'll pull out some of those tricks and and start to feed in content that might not have an RSS feed. Amazing. So that's it for today. Do you have any last minute closing advice for our listeners? Um, just you know, don't be intimidated by the new tools out there. A lot of a lot of these tools can be um, you can experiment with them, and you know you can dive in there. And and if you especially if you know that some of these tools are going to talk nicely to your other systems, there's no reason not to try to get started because it's only, AI is only going to become more prevalent. We're probably not going to take a step back anytime soon. So, um, so I'd encourage folks to just get started with these, with these exciting tools today. Be more. And my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be that obviously AI, AI is extremely powerful, uh, but the real power is going to be really in your marketing use cases where you are going to get a lot more engagement. So definitely... Uh, newsletter or the customer engagement is one of the area where AI definitely makes sense. So keep an eye on that because this is going to get more powerful. On that note, Erica, I really want to thank you for your time. This has been a powerful episode.
Thank you for having me. I'm I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Erica, head over to rasa.io. It's R-A-S-A dot I-O. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Jay Schneider, who shares his insights into how B2B digital commerce processes differ from B2C. Also, the interview with Ben Searcy, who shares his insights into the importance of customer advocacy and mass customer mobilization. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.